Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Marketatomy LLC. Your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week, We bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. So welcome back once again to Charged Up Studio and another episode where small business owners can get information and tips needed to grow and scale their new businesses. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode of Charged Up Studio, Marketing Metamorphosis, Tracing the Evolution of Marketing. My guest brings to this episode a different approach to marketing your business. It's understanding where we started and where we are today. Let's give a big heartfelt welcome to Rich Mc- Rick McCulloch with Amplify Your Profits. Welcome, Rick. Well, thank you very much, Madonna, for having me here. Really a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here. I'm always excited to have uh, new people on the podcast that can bring uh, new uh, ways of looking at things, new uh, uh technology, you know, just information. All right. So one of one of the things I like to start my podcast with, with all of my guests is to ask a very obscure question. So are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I ever can be. (laughs) Okay. If you were to go back in time to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self and at what age? I would, uh, to go back to younger age, I would tell myself to uh, surround myself with people, aside from my parents, who did a wonderful job of raising me, I would also surround myself with people a lot smarter than me because that's how, it, that's how you grow, by surrounding yourself with people that, that know more than you do. Very good. Very good. No, that's good. That's that's a good tip, you know. So, okay. So, 
let's get started. So one of the things that you talk about is everything you've learned about marketing is wrong. And I've heard this many times in other programs. Why don't you talk a little bit about why marketing is wrong? Everything we've learned. Okay. <clears throat> so back in the early days, back in late, late 1800s, early, 19, early 1900s, uh, it was pretty straightforward to actually present your case when you're trying to sell something to somebody or market to somebody. You'd usually have some time to actually uh, state your case for why we're better than this or better than that. Or we, we, you'd have some time to actually uh, let people know what made you what made you stand out. And you maybe had maybe an hour, half an hour to an hour. Well, often you could do it maybe in less time. But what happened after that? There, there was a big, major shift that occurred in 1945 because of a major incident that happened at that time. And it's the most significant change or most significant event in marketing history. And that was called the advent of television. So what happened with the advent of television is now the uh, with television, there were only about three or four major stations back then. But the thing is, you could reach just about every living person in the country with, with a television ad. Because up till then, it had been restricted to some newspaper ads or maybe some a little bit of radio and that stuff. But television really opened up the, uh, the, the size of your audience. And so to reach every, to reach that vast audience, of course, television was very expensive. Even back then, for about a two-minute spot, you were looking at about $4,000. Even back then, that was considered a bargain. That was in, in those those dollars. That's not that's not extrapolating today's dollars, but those dollars back then were like $4,000. But then it became so popular that what happened is a lot of businesses, a lot of the uh, ads became extremely expensive. And for a lot more money, you were a lot lucky to even get 30 seconds of, of Nine's attention. And in that period of time, you could not explain your what, what made you stood apart. You could not explain what uh, why you were better than somebody else. or You had no time to state your case. All you had time for was a really big headline saying we were, we we're better than them, we we're better than, better than their competition. Right. And you could say things like we're better than... Uh, Things go better with Coke or Pepsi Cola would come along with similar uh, similar jingle mm -hmm. jargon. Jargon. So that, that's right. what happened. And so we're going to have a limited amount of time. Yeah. Well, and, and then back there, you know, the audience was not as discriminant when yeah. they, you know, uh, when they saw advertisements. If they saw something and it sounded good to them, they just, you know, go out. Now we've got so much competition and, and things like that, that um, our audience members are more uh, discriminant and they'll go in and do their own research. And if you say that you're better than somebody, you know, or something like that, they're going to go and they want to back it up. And if you don't have that backup, um, chances are you're going to lose that, right? That's part of it. But then what happened is we... It during that period of time, we had the development of what we called CNR advertising, which meant creativity and repeat, create and repeat, create and repeat. 
and so many things go bad with coke. You just when by the time somebody heard it for the eighth hundred time, you had no other choice when you thought about soft drink. That's that's all that's stuck in your head. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, yep, yeah, no, definitely. So um you sent me some questions here, and let's just start going through, you know, some of these mm -hmm. questions. What is the number one problem most businesses have right now? When I talk to a potential prospect or an existing client and I ask them, what is your biggest problem? They will tell me, I want more leads, I want more customers, I want more clients, I want more patients. And uh, that's it seems to be a struggle. But it's the comp as you mentioned, the competition is fairly fierce out there. And so to try and get more clients is a, it could be a big struggle. With them. But part of the problem is most businesses don't have time to actually focus on marketing. So they... They don't. They don't really pay much attention to it, and therefore, and but, and just by default, they lose out to people who will take the time to do it. Yes. No. That's true. And you know. And then when we start hitting these these rough patches with recession and everything, the first thing they do is cut back on the marketing and sales, which is not what you cut back on. You know. No, it's the last last thing you should cut back on. Yeah. So what are the typical systems that people experience with, with this problem? And typical symptoms would be oh, lack of money, lack of clients, as I said, and you know, lack of lack of sales. They feel a lot of stress, uh, and that reflects back on their home life as well, because having a good business is not it, it can't isolate that from your from your personal life. So no. it really it really it can affect your health. Uh, it can affect your, uh, it can ultimately lead to uh, things as severe as business failure, bankruptcy. It's really very stressful, creates a lot of anxiety in a person. And they tend to make a lot more mistakes to basically grab at any shiny object they see out there that can help them, uh, they think might help them. And so they end up spending more money. And then you realize, then they and they, they listen to some guru who thinks they know they should be posting more on Facebook or something like that. And that may not be the answer. So they just take it, they, they, they grasp at straws to actually find out how they can actually recover. And yes. rather than talking talking to a good strategist. Right. No. And, and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because being a strategist, you know, this is one of the things that I work with a lot of these companies on not necessarily just the marketing, but I work with them on a total strategic plan for their company. Uh, but what, you know, I fully agree with what you're saying is uh, they they tend to bleed money in their company. And this is hard-earned money. This is money they've taken out of their homes. They've taken out of their 401ks, especially small businesses who are self-funding and they're throwing money into a business that they really don't know how to run. You know, a lot of these small business owners, they go into business because they have a good product or service, thinking that that good product or service will sell itself. It doesn't work that way. And that's where marketing comes in, you know, and, and you know, we won't talk about the purpose of the of marketing, but what we should talk about it, the common mistakes that people make when they try and um, uh, avoid uh, doing their marketing. You know, um, you know, what are some of the problems that they, you know, what are some, what are some of the common mistakes that they do? 
uh, common mistakes um, would be, uh, oh, they would, uh, as I mentioned, they might spend money on the wrong things. They might, uh, uh, they might, they might try and listen to uh, what they think the latest fad is, as far as uh, as far as the way to get more clients. They uh, might be uh, uh, looking for. Uh, they they don't reach out to enough of their existing clients. They don't reach to. They don't to get enough referrals. They don't get. They basically. And let me just. I'm just going to grab something here. And I just want to make sure I, I cover this really well because I think it's important to cover that. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things that that a lot of people don't forget is they, in order to stand out, you have to have what I call a market dominant position. It doesn't mean you have to be as well known as uh, Pizza Hut, uh, or at least uh, Pizza Hut or Domino's Pizza or FedEx or Walmart. But in order to stand apart, you need to have, you have to be very specific about your product and your target audience. A lot of people try and go after everybody rather than focus on their ideal client. Because if you go after everybody, you'll get no, you get nobody. You have to really be focused on your niche. A lot of people don't do that. So that's one of the biggest mistakes. Um, so basically one of those things that happens too is a lot of people, a lot of businesses ignore the fact that their inside reality may not match the external reality of the perception. What I mean by inside reality, are the things that actually you know you're really good at? Like I'm a maybe a good plumber, I'm a good electrician, or maybe I'm a good uh, healthcare professional, uh, or maybe I'm a renovator, but or a good, day, a good day cleaner. I know what I'm really good at, and I'm very very clear about that in my own mind. Uh, but we forget sometimes to express that to our existing clientele and uh existing clients and also to our prospects um if, if i could read a short story to that that really demonstrates this very very well and it doesn't it's not and it's not just a matter of being different it's a matter of the perception the perception is everything so yeah. a good example a good example of that would be and i went back quite a few years before this major change happened in marketing in 45 this goes back to prior to that but could have one of my one of my most uh, trusted mentors who was, who died before I was born. Uh, he, I, I read some of his material and he became the father of modern advertising. His name is Claude Hopkins. And he was, had, and one of his clients had a real problem with uh, their, their brewery. They couldn't, they basically were going to go to business. And so what he did is he interviewed the, the uh, brewmaster, the owner of the company, and he found out all the different things they do to make the perfect bottle of beer. And uh, so he basically told the story, you know, the type of lease they made, where they got the water and how they processed the beer. And so and then he wrote an ad around that and uh, his sales went through the roof and he went back to the brewer and said, well, now we're really I think we're going to road success now, and this is because of the story you're telling about what you do. And the the, the brewery owner said, "Well, what you're telling in the story is not any different. Everybody else does the same thing." But he said, "You were the first to tell the story about what me about, and that sent you set you apart just by telling the story." Yeah, and, and, and right now everything is all about you know the story that you tell, you know, yeah. and that story has to resonate 
you know, it has to be credible. It has to be, you know, something that is um, transparent. Um, and, you know, and it has to resonate with the people that you're talking to. You know, I've, you know, I don't know how many times I've told my clients, you know, or, or um, mentored my clients on, you know, your why. Why do you do what you do? Because that is what's going to draw people to you is you need to understand and be able to clearly communicate what is your passion? Why do you do what you do? Because that's what needs to go through into your marketing messages and things like that, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not as though it's anything new. It's understanding as small business owners, how you um, attract and convert those customers or those prospects, and it doesn't stop there. Because once you have that contract, it doesn't stop there. Because now right. you have to make sure that you're able to service that contract. So they're not gonna just decide, oh, you're not, tell you're not meeting what you promised. You're not delivering what you promised. I'm just gonna go somewhere else and get what I need, you know, so um, that's what a lot of these small business owners, what they run into is, not only trouble attracting and converting, but keeping those clients. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So what attributes are more important than price to people, for people to uh, buy? Okay. Uh, attributes would be more important than price would be, and, and this is a big one. A lot of people don't get this. When I talked to somebody about this at a trade show one time, he didn't get it right away until I explained it to him. He said, the most important attribute of your product is, is believe it or not, it's actually the, uh, the quality of the product you have. How well does the product you have uh, solve a problem for me? That is number one. If it doesn't solve a problem for me, then it's, it has no relevance to me. And I'm going to go, I'm going to look somewhere else to find that solution to that problem. And the next one, can you, can you deliver, can you deliver on that promise? Um, and a lot of times people will uh, say, well, I kind of, I might, you kind of, you kind of hinted that a minute ago. He says, you can have a really good product, but if you can't deliver on it, then that doesn't do you any good either. I mean, you may have the best uh, widget in the world, but if, if you can't, delivered in a timely fashion that can be a problem so another another thing would be having uh being responsive to problems or issues that would be another thing and how responsive are you uh, um and your ter terms of service like sometimes just having a having a payment plan can make a big difference uh and then having good customer service can be a, a very important part of it and uh knowing uh, knowing that you're you're in good hands with the person who's helping you, they're going to continue to to service you, give you good service, and they're going to provide a product that continues to uh, solve that problem for them. I think those are and prices. Don't get me wrong, price can be important, but mm -hmm. if, unless you have those other things in place, price doesn't matter. And also, and here's another thing that a lot of people don't understand: people do not buy on price. They buy on the value they get for the price they pay. Yeah. A perfect example would be, you know, Apple computers. You know, they've always been more expensive in the 
technology lineup of, of uh, personal computers, but there's a reason for it, you know, and there's a lot of benefits. Well, let's talk a little bit about the difference between attributes and benefits. Okay. 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 So that was a question you're directing to me. I'm looking to tell, tell the That's what I'm directing to you. Yes. Okay. We so talk about attributes and then so, we talk about benefits. So a feature. That to me, that'd be another way to look yeah, at it. Features, be, yeah. A, yeah. A feature, a feature would be a synonym for that. So like for instance, uh, if I have a system that actually um provide basically it has it has the like if I'm buying a car, a good example example that would be an automobile. If I'm buying a, a vehicle, uh, and you know I'm looking for specifically uh, a car that goes fast or basically has good performance on the highway for safety, um, it, it one of the things the feature of the car might be that it has a, a reasonably good sized engine in it and that it's, it has good performance. Um, the, the benefit is that it's, it's going to help me be safer on the road and help me to get me where I want to go more comfortably, me and my family. That's the benefit. Mm -hmm. The fe the feature was the engine and the color, a color might be, might be considered a, a, a feature and that, that feature might be insignificant to some people. They don't, some people don't care about color. But perhaps uh, if you're buying the car for a family, maybe the family and the wife does care about it. So if you're buying a car that has a has a nice color to it, nice appeal to it, it, it helps with the, you look better in front of your wife and in front of your potential, uh, and in front of your, uh, your your neighbors. So it it helps with your, I guess, another way to look at it is it helps with uh, your status, having a better color, for instance. Um, having... Uh, certain types of seats in the car uh, that might be considered a feature but the the benefit is that you're going to be more comfortable okay yeah and that's important to point out it's you know the benefits are what what you want as far as um uh, how can i say that how do you say that okay your feelings so you you know how it makes you feel and you know, and things like that, whereas the features are what are put in place to help you feel that way. So here's here's the thing. A lot of people think, a lot of people will tell you they buy based on logic. Uh, well, no, they don't. They buy it's based emotion. on, people can buy logic, they buy based on emotion. Yeah. And so they may justify based on logic at the end, the end, uh, but uh if you buy something new simply because of emotion, uh, a good example, now you have to justify that expensive car to your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not just that you uh going through a midlife crisis here either. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is not, that is not a, uh, a attribute or, or, or a benefit or anything like that. Might be to that one person, but... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah. so yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about um, operationally. What is the single most important component of running a business, a small business? Okay, operationally, I would talk about. Okay, there's there's multiple different 
components to running a business. And um, the one I think I, I point out a lot to people is that within an organization, and this includes, even if you're a solopreneur, uh, you still have to have this. It's called communication. Communication is often is considered a communication department is considered a, an actual division of a company because of the good communications, uh, your finances, your marketing, your uh, your customer interaction, your uh, employee interaction, and uh, the other systems you put in place to run the company won't work unless you are are communicating what your policies and procedures are in, from the top. The only thing more important than the communication is the is the executive uh, position, because but he has to be very clear in how he's communicating what he wants. If he's not, then there's going to be a state of chaos and confusion for everybody. So I'd say that's not, that's definitely number one, and so that's that's definitely very important from, from an operational point of view. And having and part of that is having good systems in place, and part of that is also having a good internal culture. If you don't have a good internal culture, then it's going to be very difficult for your employees to get motivated or feel fulfilled. And that's why a lot of businesses are finding their employees are leaving their droves because they don't feel fulfilled. So if you don't have good operate not good operationally from the point of view of culture, then you're you're going to have unhappy uh, employees, and unhappy employees translates into unhappy customers. That's true. That's true. You know. So what is the current marketing model broken? How, you know, why is it current, currently broken? Well, as I, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of, the, of, of, the, of our conversation here, it's because of what happened in 1945 and because of the, the, what happened with television. So what happened is, and just just repeat what, exactly what I said, but just to summarize, to, uh, we're, we're We've generated the way they call this these slogans and uh, jingles and and uh, we we basically use the same old uh, uh, we use the same old platitudes that everybody else uses yeah. and we're not really clear about what makes us different. Like what happens very often, like for example, on the websites, is everybody is saying the same thing. And you're not standing apart. They're using the same, same jingles, same uh, expressions. And there's a test for that. And that's called the I would hope so test. So if you look at a, if somebody shows you their website and says, we're, we're the best at this, we're the best of that, we provide great service. Well, I would, so the test is if it doesn't pass the, uh, doesn't pass the uh, oh, I would hope so test. Uh, it's not going to really attract any, anybody else. So I have to say, if it's just the same as what everybody else says, it's not going to help anybody. And it's it's not going to help your business grow. You have to have something there that really stands apart. And there's ways to do that. Right. And there's ways to back it up. Like we, like we talked about earlier, if you can't back up what you're saying, okay? Gonna back up, yeah. You're what... You're what I like to call, um, especially today when we're talking, a great deal of our marketing is done digitally, either through Facebook, social media, or whatever, through email, um, uh, through email channels, things like that. And uh, I, 
I use a term for if you can't back it up, you know, it's a social sociopathic effort. Okay. You're touting your, your, what you can do, everything that you can do, but you're not backing it up. And in order to, for your recipients to be able to feel confident that you're going to deliver on what you promise, you've got to deliver something that's going to make yeah. you feel more confident. You know, yeah. is there a guarantee? Is there, you know, a warranty or, you know, how are you going to make them feel com more comfortable? Case studies. If they can see case studies, live case studies on your website, if they can see that you have done this for other people successfully, you know, we're, we're talking about reviews. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Uh, that's yeah. definitely part. That's definitely part of it. So what I like to say is everybody can, not everybody can do what you do. Back to what I was saying earlier, not everybody can do what you do, but everybody can say what you say. And so even if it's not hundred so because a lot of people just use the same material from other from other other websites, and they use the same, they might use the same uh, testimonies, they might use the same uh, comments or same reviews, but if they're not really showing themselves to be to be specifically different in a way that actually is relevant mm -hmm. to to your client, then that basically is not going to resonate with them, and they're going to look somewhere else. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you talk about one valuable free action, VFA. What are you talking about there? Okay, one free action. Let me just refer to something here. I just want to quickly make sure I get this right here. But one of the free actions I would say is, is fire your eagle. Because a lot of us in business have a and it's okay to have some ego. Uh, that's allowed to some extent. But it, it can get in the way of actually um, getting help where you need it. Because one of the one of the big problems, it's actually a, a blessing and a curse. One of the, the blessing of being an entrepreneur is that we, we tend to be very visionary. We tend to come up with great ideas about what about helping helping other people. But right. then because the dark side of that is that we figure we're the only ones that can do it. And so we have, and so we try and brand ourselves and say, this, and we try and make ourselves the best out there in the eyes mm -hmm. of our, of our client. Mm -hmm. And that, that takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, extremely expensive to do because mm -hmm. we have this ego that we, we want to stand out really well, but that gets really right. expensive. So the way to solve that is to really, to, to show you, Rich, you all you really need to do is to, as you talked about it before, uh, when you prove that you can do something, the way you prove you can do something before it even engages a client, you have to show that you have to do something for them that can prove that you can do what you said you can do. So that that's so I would say tr do that before you start trying to brand yourself because it's going to be a lot easier to do that if you're really good at what you do. You can prove it by just offering. It could be a free or low cost. Uh, offering that proves proves your worth to your potential client. So is that what you're talking about when we talk about valuable free yeah. resource? Uh, that would be more of a yes. Yeah, so, so basically, um, I would say on at the, uh, 
sorry, that was more of an action. That's something you could do as an action. But yeah, that's what I had asked. But it sounded like it moved into your resource when you start talking about, you know, a free, you know, a free giveaway or something like that. No, so well, no, I no, no. That's so. Just to be clear, and sorry, I maybe misunderstood your question a little bit. Maybe just some clarification there. So, mm -hmm. part part of the resource I'm really talking about is I would actually. Uh, have them go to my website, attractmoreprofits.com. And actually, there's a place there where you can actually uh, put your name and email, and you'll get a copy of my, my book that you see behind me. And it also give you a, sh a short video of uh, some of the things we've been talking about here as well. Okay. All right. So, and then what is valuable free tip? Um, so all my years of experience, uh, and this is something I learned from one of the uh, most uh, successful negotiators in the world. He was a he was a um, uh, advisor to three U.S. presidents. His name is Bernard Barash. His last name B A R U U C H, and he was very good at going walking to boardrooms and settling disputes in boardrooms. And somebody asked him one day, how did you do that? And he wouldn't answer initially because he was trying to protect his, his basically intellectual property by not revealing how he solved problems. Mm -hmm. But as he got closer to older years and near his deathbed, somebody asked him again, what, did, what was that thing you did that got everybody to talk to each other? And this applies to marketing as well as the boardroom. It applies to, to life, applies to your family, applies to business, applies mm. to every part of your life. And he said, the 12 most powerful words in marketing and in your business and your life are find out what people want and then show them how to get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. We're coming up on, a, on the end of another podcast here. And um, if you would like, uh, or no, Rick, can you tell people how they can get a hold of you? Okay, the best way is to go to my website, attractmoreprofits.com. And they can also find me on LinkedIn. So look for WIIFM on LinkedIn. And that WIIFM, by the way, just as another slide tip stands for what's in it for me, because it's everybody's favorite radio station. So you'll do. So when you look for my website, or not my website, my LinkedIn profile, the, um, the after the LinkedIn, the forward slash after that is WII uh, FM. And that's the way to find me on LinkedIn. And then also, if you want to uh, book a call with me, the best place to do that is to go to my website. There's a place on there. You can click a link to actually book a, book a call with me. All right. Very good, Rick. Thank you. So that concludes our podcast for today. Please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you're listening to us on or go to our Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is a product of Marketatomy Academy, the e-learning system designed specifically with the micro-business owner in mind. For more information and to register for our many courses, go to marketatomy.academy. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T. O-M-Y dot Academy. Until next week, go out and have another charged up week.
Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much for having me here, Diana. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind, with your host, Dana Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live, and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.